0: listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to uh, this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We are joined by former Canadian team manager, uh, former Trinidad and Tobago uh, team manager and current Halifax Wanderers and CPL Coach of the Year, Stephen Hart. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks for having me. We're, uh, we're, we're super, super excited to have you on and we have our regular Barflies, uh, Chris Cyril and Carlos Benitez with us again.
1: Welcome <laughs> back to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen, for being on the pod. It's an honour, finally. Yes, yeah. cheers,
2: Stephen. I appreciate it. Oh, no,
1: this. no problem at all. So
0: uh, the, the first question I have for you is, uh, how, I know you're a very humble guy, but how does it feel to be named uh, CPL Coach of the Year?
3: Well, I mean, of course, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's flattering. It's an honour, and... Um, you know uh to be to be even nominated with 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 bobby and mister was uh you know was as i said quite uh, quite flattering and um, you know it, it's hard to 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 be in a situation like this because you know as a as a coach you you depend heavily on your on your players and you depend heavily on uh on, on the club. Um but yeah I, I am I am uh, I am happy that the recognition came um from 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 I think it was a, a media group and uh, and I'm happy for the club. Yeah it's amazing. Um I'm not too sure whether
0: everybody in Hamilton is too happy but the rest of Canada certainly thinks that you deserve to uh, <laughs> so just before we get on to talking about the island games and things like that. Um Forge player David Edgar announced his retirement, and uh, the game against Marathon is going to be his his last. I know he played for you under the na- in the national team. Um, just want to get your reaction to him hanging up the boots, and uh, just a few words about him.
3: Well, I wrote him because I've known David since uh, he was on an under seventeen team that I had as well, and. Uh, I wrote him and uh and I said you know I, I think you still have a lot to give um uh you 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 should really consider this strongly because there's nothing like playing um but he knows what's best for himself and the family, and um he told me he wants to commit to to something else well, wholeheartedly and uh you know, I was happy to give him his, his debut on the national team and we've remained uh, friendly. Like, like all players, you have those love-hate relationships. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always that way. It's, it's always that way. But, but, you know, as we, as we get older, you, you come to realize that, you know, there's, there's the footballing side, there's the business side, and then there's always the friendship side. And I'm sad to see him go. I think he adds a lot to the league um he adds a lot to, to hamilton um but hopefully you know let's wish him well in whatever he chooses to do yeah he's he's been an ama- amazing servant to to canada and the game here
0: like i mean it was a big coup for the league to get him to come back and and play for 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 Ford in the first place so having a name like that just lends credence to the league itself so um so th- my next question is is um you know 2019 We've, it's been said a million times, we finished last. We were very unlucky because we had a bunch of draws towards the end of the season. Um, but after the last game, you sit down. What, what plan did you come up with to, to turn things around to kind of get us to where we are now?
3: Well, to be honest with you, the, the plan started to fall, fall in place halfway through the season um, because there was so many so much complication in putting the team together in the first year. You know, it, it 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 was it was uh, not the kind of squad you you would like to you know you would really like to put together, and the type of players you were really, you know uh, you know you were hoping some of the some of the teams would get rid of certain players so you could bring them in, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but but myself and Derek King and the rest of the staff, you know, we sat down and we said, look, you know, we need this type of player to complement this player and you know the, the depth that we needed um and and of course you know we we also designed a plan as to how we would train uh based on how many injuries we had um we had also a different plan for travel uh which did not never came into effect but travel was a big 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 problem for us big problem um and you know because we we had to get the players up at three o'clock in the morning to 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 get on the earliest flight, which you know and what do they do? They decide they're not going to sleep, you know what I mean because they don't want to miss the the three o'clock wake up and so we, we had all these all these different plans, and we started to 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 seek out potentially um the players that we wanted to 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 formulate the the, the team.
2: So one of my questions actually kind of leads into it. How much input do you have in terms of signing players? Because I know Derek gave us some insight into that, but he didn't really give us like a percentage amount. So is it a 50-50 decision or or does Stephen Hart get the last word?
3: No, I get get the last word on the players. I mean, I, I consult with everybody. Um, You know, we try to find out as much as possible about the players. We don't have the capacity to go and scout every single player individually. Um, But, you know, we we try and find out about their personality first and foremost, their attitude towards training, et cetera, et cetera. And and then, you know, we, we, we formulate you know, a plan. These are, we break it down. These are the three players we're going after. This is the number one. If we can't get that one, this would be number two, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and we, we come to some sort of common agreement, but I I have the, the final word.
2: So take yourself back to before the club was even a club, because if I'm not mistaken, you were pretty much involved from the very beginning. Uh, no. Oh, okay. I apologize. Um, Go ahead.
3: No, no. I, I came in. Um, I, I, I was still with Trinidad and Tobago. I had some discussions with, with Derek and, um, you know, I, I said, look, whether it's me or it's not me, um, I, I, I know the landscape. I'd be more than willing to help the club get off the ground. I mean, I've been saying for years the, the missing element was the ability to go and watch a game on a Saturday. Um, and then it, it just so, you know, Derek was, was was fairly persistent and he said, basically he said, we can't have a club in Halifax with you not being there in the interim. And, uh, you know, I, the, the usual discussion goes around, look, you know, this is something you have to build towards. You're not going to hit the ground running and and all of that. This is a brand new team. This is not like we had a team here and we just needed to add pieces to it. And uh, he was he was quite understanding. Um, well, most people usually are, un- until things start to go wrong. But uh, no, he, he was very like persuasive, people. he was very understanding, very supportive.
2: Wonderful, so before I pass it on to Carlos, you've been in this city for over 30 years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, your roots are here, your family, you have three daughters and your wife here in the city with you. I guess my question more so, uh, in terms of the soccer culture in Halifax, I guess you posted a picture back in July, I believe, on Instagram. I know you're not like active on social media, but I was really kind of shocked to see Smu Stadium full of people. It was yeah, kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, take yourself back to your your playing and early coaching days, and talk about the culture in Halifax. What was it like, and and compared to now, I suppose.
3: Well, that crowd you saw for that blizzard game, we had almost the same crowd f- crowd for a final. Uh, the, the 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 King that Dartmouth United final, um, so the the, the 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 soccer always had a, a certain place. And when I first came, um, there were all these ethnic teams: Croatia, Luxitania, Hellas, um, you know. And and I actually played for for privateers. Um, in in my first year, and um, and of course uh, Saint Mary's because I, I actually came here to play to, to go to school. Um, but 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 for me, they, they, it was good. They had they had some good quality, some excellent players played in the league back then. Um, there was a lot of foreign players. Uh, I think King of Donia had thirteen different nationalities on it. Um, so there were there were a lot of a lot of foreign players and um, there, there was there was there was quite a following I mean the the, the, the Commons at the time would, would would be full of you know people standing up on the side and the old-fashioned way you know um, but uh, you know and, and then of course I just got into coaching to really to to give back to youngsters really um, because there was you know there was not a lot of it are wrong and, and quite frankly i just I just wanted to try and add some some flair to the players' game you know to 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 to, to try and teach them something a little bit different and and not be so um stereo, not stereotyped but so dogmatic in how they develop and all of that and it one thing just led to another um a, a, an old professor at St. Mary's professor Roman Narabeki, he was Romanian. And uh, he, he said to me, look, you have a real knack for this. You should get into coaching. And I was like, ah, I, I don't know about all these coaching courses and stuff. And he goes, go and do it. Go and do it. And uh, that's how, I mean, one thing leads to another. I was hoping to be to be back in Tobago um, managing a reef or something, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Go ahead, Carlos.
1: Uh, Steven, um, you currently are the manager of the Wonders. Everybody knows that. But also you have another title that is a sporting director. I think like you have uh, the two titles into one, if I'm not mistaken, or this is how the website says. Yeah, GM, yeah. The GM. So I'm wondering, like, is, is it easy for you just to develop your, your role also, like over the field also as a sporting director and as a manager on the field? you can share with us like some of the difficulties that you have or
3: maybe not difficult, but maybe challenge. Um, no, I, I think the club, uh, the club did really, really well in, in bringing in uh, uh, Matt Fagan. Um, he, he has taken a lot of the load of doing the contracts and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I just kind of, uh, try and find the players really do all the leg like, you know myself and the staff we look at you know you spend the majority of the day looking at game after game after game of, of, of players
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, because we, we don't like to look at highlights we i mean anybody could have a highlight we, we look at games and as you can imagine it's tedious um but, and then as i said you know you you you, you say okay you, you make, uh, make contact with their, with their ex-coaches and try to find out people who work with them, find out their attitude, and then you say, okay, this may be someone we're interested in. Then we make contact with the agent, and uh, then, then Matt will kind of take over, you know, with all the, all the yeah. logistics of the, you know, of, of the contract and all of that.
1: And speaking of watching games, um, the modern football now, it's more like technology oriented. You know, we have, as you said, like you see a lot of uh, highlights. Everybody can have a highlight, but nobody can have an actual tactical resume of what went wrong, how many passes we did, like with arrows and animations on that field. And that's how modern football is driving nowhere and it's going to improve better towards the days. We're, We're more like, not dependent, but kind of, like, it's a, it's a, it's a great tool, all this, like, uh, football softwares that we have. My question for you is, um, I saw so many documentaries about um, the biggest club in Europe. Uh, for one example was uh, Jose Mourinho in the Spurs documentary. Anthony probably will love this because I mentioned Spurs, but uh, he relies so much, he trusts, in his uh, tactical team, that the video analysis team. So if they have a mistake, he immediately correct and say, "Okay, we gotta talk to this." But he relies on that. My question for you is: here in the wonders, I know there's a, a guy that does all the video analysis and stuff. Um, how important is it for you to have uh, this material perfectly done, on t- to analyze the next game? Besides your personal manager eye.
3: No, well, it's funny because when I was with. The Canadian team as an assistant, I did all the, the video stuff. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the chopping of the those days was VHS, so it was the chopping of the videos. Oh. Um, the, the, the 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 analysis for Frank Yallop and uh, and Dale Mitchell put put things together, and so it you know it was back then. That was part of it, and then when I took over, I had a guy called Vic Mendez, who is now a is Portuguese. He's a scout for for uh, the club, and um, and Dan Clark now does all the all the analysis because he has a a, a masters in in, in in all that stuff, and um, we also we also depend heavily on Instat Instat Scout to turn it around because we don't have we don't have and we cannot afford an entire team of people just, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, those, those big clubs have uh, about seven or eight people just, just to do video um, analysis. So we depend on, on, on Instat to, to, to do that for us. Um, And of course, Dan, Dan does most of that. I would just say, look, um, I would go over the game. I would say, look, there's certain elements that I want. I, I sometimes I take down the times. Uh, he looks at it as well. We share it around the, the staff. They, they, we all look at it separately. We don't look at it together until we come together to discuss it. So we can't bias each other on what we see. And, uh, and then we put it together in a very short sequence for the players because players not going to sit down and, and watch something for more than 20 minutes, right? So our none of our meetings last more than 20 minutes. No meeting, no video analysis, no nothing, last more than 20 minutes. But we do it regularly, you know, and every now and then we would say, you know, we send something out on their phones, take a look at this. Potentially this is what we could come up against, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we you know there's there's two types of coaches now. There's coaches on the field that uh, that that have to present the problem in a plain way, and there's mm-hmm. both coaches on the computer that can just say, well, okay, this is the problem, blah 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 blah. But they they probably can't go out and get it across to the players. So there's 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 really two two types of coaches now. But I think we all we all dabble in the analysis ourselves because we we've always done it. Um, I mean, some, sometimes all of that stuff, you look at it and you, you think, listen, the, the reason something happened is because we just didn't pass the ball well. Mm-hmm. You know, you give away the ball close to your own goal. You don't need stats to tell you. Chances are they're going to get a shot. You know, and if you're watching my new game today, that's, there was two examples of it, one after the other, of failure to close down the ball and failure to pick up the wide player running in. You know That's, what
1: I mean? You don't need an analysis
3: for that. <laughs> That's great. And one
1: last one before I pass it to Anthony. 2019 and 2020 were like two different rosters. And Chris already asked you that question. But what I noticed from the roster in 2020 was that it was a much younger squad. I understand 2019 was a pilot year for every CPL team in the league. Um, they didn't know what was expecting of talent-wise, what teams were going to be stronger than others. Everyone is trying to know each other like a boxing match in the first two rounds, you're analyzing your rival. I feel like that's kind of what CPL in the first pilot year. Now in 2020, you know, all the teams, how the style, how, how is that philosophy of playing, etc. Um, so by signing a squad, a new squad, because the decision is, uh, you, you took the decision of like, kind of like reinvent the whole squad, keeping the core and, and it gave you results. So the matters football is about results and effectiveness. Um, is this a philosophy that it's going to be in the club in the coming years? Like trying to see talent that we can just keep pulling off like a diamond in brood, like young talent that has experience because it's most important to have experience?
3: Yeah, I think uh, uh, that's, that's that's how the club's going to be. We, we, we have to live in a realistic world. Um, we, we want to find young young talent. We want to expose that talent. We want that talent to move on. After you know after we have we have helped them and they have helped us um, I think that is that is a realistic situation to 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 be in um, I, I, you know sometimes too you you when you're working with these young players and and my first year this this caught me by a little bit by surprise because I hadn't had to do this uh, um, in such detail since I left the under-17 national team program and the under-20 national team program. But it, it struck me how unprofessional many of the, the, the players were, um, just in simple things. Uh, I'm, I'm not even talking about, you know, the, the other things. And um, I think what the bubble did was actually provide the players – with a learning platform as to how to be a professional. So what I mean by that mm-hmm. is we were in control of their rest, we were in control of their 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 behavior, we were in control of what they ate. We were, you know, we were in control of the whole training environment. We we were in control of everything. And if they were smart, they could have they they only had to sit back and say, "Holy, you know, this is this is how it is." I've got to rest. I've got to recover. I've got to train like a beast. I've got to perform in the games. I've got to eat properly. And I've got to start that cycle over again um, the next day. And, and, and you know, I, I've, I've got to take my time, study the opposition, study the person I'm playing against, you know. And, and if they came away from the bubble with that, they're on the right track they are fully graduated for Stephen Hart 101 <laughs>
1: <laughs> football lessons
3: that, the Hart <laughs> Academy that, that's what that's that's what that's what professionals do you know when your friend is going out on a on a friday night you have a different life it's true you, so know, you have sacrifices. a different life and mm-hmm. uh, you, you know the, the the time for that is is when you retire or in the off season mm-hmm. um, and and even in the off season you know you you can't come in to train and camp out of shape those days are done you know players come in to train and camp at a very high standard of fitness you know but i mean I, I you would be surprised how how many players wouldn't you know wouldn't eat the green stuff on the plate you know uh <laughs> <laughs> wow you know it, it, you, you would be you'd be you'd be surprised at at some of, of some of the, the the habits and and you tell them you, you don't eat it because you like it you eat it because it's good for you it gives you the edge you always have to find that edge it's amazing. Uh, so,
0: but back in March, I guess. You, so, once the, the the news filters through that you have to shut down operations, like what goes through your head, and what what oh, plan man. did you come up with to to keep everybody kind of occupied and eating their greens, as you said?
3: Well, if I was to tell you I had a plan, I'd be lying, <laughs> um, because really and truly, this took everybody by surprise, and uh, we, we 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 started well first to begin the the good thing is was zoom because that that changed the way we we communicated right and um and and then we started formulated a plan um of training programs daily training a, a daily schedule of activity right and uh we got a nutritionist to, to talk to the players and because we had all this plan about even teaching some of them how to cook, you know, but but then when we went into the lockdown, um that couldn't happen. But we had nutritionists speaking to them, we had a fitness person uh speaking to them, they had routines to to do, and they had to log it in, um, their training program, etc., with with outcomes, with measurements. Um, we had we had fun trivia days, and I bombarded them with with learning videos. Uh, we we took a topic, and I found different teams doing things that I I I, you know that we had been starting to do it talk about in the first week. We weren't doing it in the first week, but things we talked about what we were going to do, started sending in it. They had to analyze it. And bring it back to us, oh wow, right, and then we would have a meeting and discuss these are the things we saw, what we should be looking at and and you know so yeah that 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 that, that evolved over the time that we were in lockdown wow, it 's crazy like uh, how you just have to get into action <laughs> so um,
0: obviously at the tournament we we came up a wee bit short um, Forge beat us in the final what is it with Forge that just has them slightly ahead of everybody else like what, what do the other teams need to do to kind of catch up with where they, where they are at
3: well, well first to begin they're an extremely a balanced team and, and not just balanced they have a lot of depth Right, you know, so you, you, you have Schwanier coming off, you got Grant coming on. You, you know what I mean? They've got a lot of depth, they've got a lot of depth and and they can you know uh, they, they can they could take off somebody like Bully and bring on uh, the beast in the in inside the box, you know, and um, Novak would 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 wreak havoc on you and uh, and and they have a lot of experience. look at it they have they have Becca that played in MLS. They have uh, CC that played for Senegal. They have David Edgar that played for Canada. I mean, they've got a lot of experience. You, you cannot take, you cannot coach experience, you know? And just the way they played that final, they, you know, they were they were patient enough to say, okay, you all could have the ball. You're not going to catch us on the, on the counter-attack. You know, and and when we did catch them on the counter attack, they they broke our rhythm with some tactical fouls. I thought okay. David should have been sent off <laughs> for the uh, Did he uh, uh, send? Did uh, send out team? the message? <laughs> no, no, he knows it. He knows it. I don't have to say it. He knows it. But, yeah, I mean, you know, um, and I mean, up to that up to that point, we were in the game. They they really they had one chance that uh, that. Um, the Ox smothered. One chance, you know, and, 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 and we hadn't had a, a goal uh, scored on us on, a, on a, a corner all tournament and from a secondary ball we get scored on. Uh, well, I don't want to blame anybody, but certain players just abandon their roles, you know, and uh, it, it, it happens. Let's not fool ourselves. We saw it last night in the, in the Seattle game. So it, it, it happens. So, you know, they, they have that experience. They were patient. They were willing to play that game and win it 1-0. Right? Yep. They were willing to do that. You know, just don't make a mistake and let this damn contra attack. because we've had a good, good, good battles with Forge every time we played them. Ever. I think we had one bad game against them. That was done in Hamilton but other than that we've had some big battles with forge and it's always been tight so they decided listen akim is not going to do what he has done to us almost every game uh, we're going to play this game wear them down and if we have to win 1-0 we'll we'll win 1-0 you know i mean i don't the second goal well, yeah there's not nothing mm-hmm. even, that the game you know, something might have happened and you might have tied it and gone into extra time, but that's, that's beside the point. It didn't. Yeah, um, so one of the big
0: successes for us uh, in the tournament was obviously Chris now. Like you switched him to, to right back and he kind of took off from there. Not, unfortunately, we've lost him. Um, do you see uh, Matteo uh, Restrepo as his natural replacement or do you think that's the position where we're going to have to try and recruit
3: to, to replace him? Well, I mean that's part of the business. You're going to lose players, right? You know, there's 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 always there's there's a salary cap. You want to build a a, a a certain team, a strong team. In order to do that, you can't be you know you can't spend overspend money on on some players and and etc. etc. Well, to answer your question, I thought Ruby was very good in the tournament. Very good for a young player. Coming out of college, I thought he was very good. He had one real lapse in the entire tournament in his opening game. One lapse, you know? So he's very good. We have Restrepo, um, who can play both sides. He played both sides for Canada. Um, and uh, we we will continue to, to strengthen in in, in, in in those areas.
2: So back kind of to your early days, you're still – the only manager in Soccer Nova Scotia history to bring home a couple of Canada games medals. I think you got two bronze medals, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. You you got them hanging up. Did you look over your shoulder just to see? No, I I was trying,
3: I was trying to think of, of. I was trying to think if it, you know, if it was, if it was, if it was two, but yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So I guess talk about recruiting for those teams, because I know Canada games, is a very different structure. You're dealing with players that are younger all over the province, Cape Breton, the Valley, down Yarmouth way, even. So I guess talk about those processes and how you kind of bridge 1993 till 2000 and something, I guess. Yeah.
3: Well, the 1993 squad, the funny thing about that squad is I had about, one, two, three, four, five, maybe five, six of those players from 10 years old. So I didn't have them all the way through because I went back to, to Trinidad and Tobago, but I had them at a young age. Then I came back and started to do the provincial program and all of that. And we basically started to put together that team at, at, at under fifteen. You know, so we knew, I knew the players inside out. Then I I had three players from Anaganish, uh, one, two, three, four players from Anna ganesh that I learned about. I knew they existed because I had played against Trevor Chisholm. I was coaching high school at the time. Excuse me, so I knew he existed, etc. and Billick, et cetera. So I, I got those players and... Um, and, yeah, uh, the, the team just started to formulate from there. And then I had two older players, um, but I had two exceptionally good, very young players, uh, Chris Polter and Ante Yazic. And they were really young. And I said to uh, – well, the guy who was my equipment manager was my manager back then, Angelo, who was a hell of a player in his time. I said to Angelo, I said, look, if we are going to a tournament and our job is to develop, you know, players and bring them on, these two young players are as good as the two older players, right? We should take the two younger ones. Okay. There they would be less, there would probably be less demands on us to, to, to manage, you know, because the expectations would not be the same as older players. Um, and yeah so those two ended up on the on the on the squad um, but yeah that 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 was a very special team actually we, we 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 got knocked out in the what i think was the the game uh, against who was it on penalties we, uh, alberta i think it was uh, or bc or somebody like that uh for, to, to, to play in the gold medal game so we ended up playing in for the silver bronze, uh, the bronze game, sorry, third place game.
2: So I like what you just said there about, you know, trying to balance, you know, you got young players and you've got older players, you take the younger players to help develop them. And the Island Games obviously was a much smaller season for you because you wanted to really develop the full squad. It was a young squad. So clearly aging and developing these players is kind of key in mind. You kind of got some criticism and I'm not looking at anybody on the screen, uh, for your comments before the tournament when you said that we're kind of preparing for 2021. Now I admit, I've been very critical of you over the last two years. And one of my favorite moments was talking to you at Dirty Nellies and admitting I was wrong. So it's kind of a two-part question. Uh, part number one is how do you filter out the noise from us critics who don't really know what we're talking about? And, and I guess the second question uh, in regards of that balance, when you were at the Island Games, you were talking about focusing on next year. How did you balance success and development at the same time, right down to the training sessions?
3: First to begin, I always find amusing that, that, that people think, you know, managers, especially some that have, that have had a, a bit of experience, is going to be influenced by outside chatter because that's, that's just noise. That's just football. And and I've 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 coached in front of 55, 60,000 people, um, all screaming that I'm, you know, sh- uh, crap, and um, you know that's that's part of the business. Uh, you, 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 if you get into this business and you can't accept criticism, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong business. You know this is this is a, a business where everybody knows your job, everybody. But I remember, I remember being with Gerard Houllier, and he told me, uh, he said, listen, critics, teams never make a bad pass. They're never injured, right? They never kick over the bar. Good. They never forget to mark somebody, but always remember, they also never play. Right? So, uh, it was one of the best pieces of advice that I, I probably ever got. You know, you just believe in what you're doing, and you're gonna get, you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna get things wrong. Of, of course, it's it's normal. I mean, uh, every single manager goes through. You 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 think Klopp thought he was going to lose seven goals to Aston Villa? I mean, <laughs> nobody would predict that, but it, it happens. It's normal. Um, so you just, you know, you just take it with a, with a, with a, with a, with a you know, a grain of salt and, and you, and you get on with it. I firmly believe, and, uh, I think I was on a podcast with, uh, Stacks, uh, Craig Forrest and, and that crew. And they said, yeah, you fooled us. Uh, you told us you were billing for 20, but we were, I, I spoke to Derek about it, the owner. I said, look, let's be a little realistic here. We don't know what these players look like. We haven't had proper training. We haven't had one exhibition game. We could go into this and and be out of it, you know, four games, five games, you're out. You know, I said, the realistic thing is let's give the players the opportunities, right? Um, I am not going to play a player simply because he was selected uh, By us, everybody has to earn the right to play, and understand that sometimes you may be the the player that should be playing, but tactically you're not the player to be playing. If you don't understand that as a professional, then you 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 have some learning to do, right? But really, let's build this towards 2021. Now things started to fall in place. Um, we 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 started off playing. Very well, I thought, but I looked at the when I looked at the games again, I was like uh, this team hasn 't played a single game you know and and our first two games was both wolves I mean, we were just thrown in with with the wolves right away you know we were here was a forge, and then you wake up, and next game is cavalry, and you know it was it was off the bat, you know, so once you played them and uh you know we we i thought we 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 did quite well and uh, i turned to the players and i said you know you 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 very well could could get into the 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 playoffs uh you're a much better team than than i would have predicted um that we would be because i'm always brutally honest with them uh, because i didn't know what the, what you all were going to look like and uh and i said you know what once you get in the playoffs you guys could probably win this whole thing and they just they just took it upon themselves. I mean, I had some, some excellent leadership uh, for, from, from some of the players and, um, and, and, of course, my staff. And we really just tried to do everything to make the players comfortable, everything possible. Take the pressure off of them because there was enough pressure with being in the bubble and COVID. Some teams didn't handle it well, I can tell you. Right? They did not handle it well. You know, you could see it in their eyes. They wanted to go home. So, you know, it, it was it took a bit of management.
2: Uh, we always ask the players like, you know, when you're on the field against your idols, if you will, you know, you feel overawed and you were just talking about the conversation that you had with uh, Gerard Houllier. I guess, was there ever a point in your manager career, whether it was with the Canadian national team or with Trinidad or even so far with the Wanderers, where you were managing against somebody that you idolized or somebody that you really learned off of when you were managing against them?
3: Wow! Uh, oof! I wouldn't say either. Uh, no, I mean I've been up. Well, well, Maradona was across from me in the in the Argentina game. He 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 was managing the the Argentina team when we played them with uh, with Canada and mm-hmm. and Sabella, uh, and Sabella who who passed away today uh, was a lovely man, uh, lovely man. But you know, and then of course I came across. A lot of coaches with Mexico and Costa Rica and and stuff like that, but no, not not really. Hugo Sanchez was the manager in in, in one game that that we had as well. And wow. I mean, they're all they're all legends in their own right. Jurgen Klinsmann had the United States. Uh, you know, they're all legends in their own right. But I told Klinsmann the same thing I told Diego: I'd rather be coaching against you than you be playing on the field. So, <laughs> ah,
0: love it love it you never know. Clinsley could be on the podcast now saying that uh, my idol Stephen Hart was standing right beside me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. no, that, that, that ain't
3: gonna
1: happen. <laughs> That's great. Go ahead, Carlos. Um, Stephen, speaking of um of like football stuff, too, um twenty 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 we all know this pandemic hit us hard and uh, yada yada yada. For twenty twenty one there's they're expecting a vaccine, but to be honest, like I think it's gonna be more more for everybody. Like 2022, I don't rely too much on on the time frame and everything. Considering that fact, some countries are being in their second wave stronger than others, and some countries are able to manage it. For Canada, and for 2021, this is kind of like the bis- the big obstacle to have the players. Uh, like the full squad training you know uh, um, kind of like getting to know what they know already told, but just like trying to get that rust off is there any plan to get the international players earlier than expected, like considering the lessons that 2020 is given us to all the whole world and the world of soccer too and is there any new signing coming up
3: that you there's a lot of new signings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there any, any, uh, are they taking any, any any measurements like to bring international
3: players just coming? um we've, we've i mean we, we meet every Friday uh, mm-hmm. well we meet nearly every day because we're constantly on phone together okay. uh, but every Friday we, we kind of get together and we we, we thrash out the week mm-hmm. you no know, and uh, we we get updated by by uh, the people who handle the immigration and uh, etc through Matt. And uh, we have a contingency plan plan in place, um, but but as you can expect, there's there's also the, the, the potential problems that that go with that in, in bringing the players in here. Um, let's say in in, in the late December, or January, or whenever, mm-hmm. um, it it presents us with with some some problems, uh, but we we're, we're, we're working around that. Um, you know, I have a basement, I have some sleeping bags, and no, but in all seriousness, we're 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 working through that 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 whole scenario. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, we've 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 thought of all of that. Uh you know, we're in we're in constant uh discussion with the training facility. Um we we you know, to, to be honest, we, we have a better idea of how to do things now. We've been through it we have a better idea of how to do things um but, you know the, the reality of all of this is i'm 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 in that that vulnerable age group um so you know uh, th- those those precautions are are necessary but but i think that the league the club um the the the, the training facilities medical department immigration everybody is kind of they've been through it now so there's, there's a number of little contingency plans that we'll continue to work on. Some of, some of the biggest problems we're actually probably going to have is to get people out of their country.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, because planes are just not flying as they used to.
1: True. And also, um, speaking of uh, training facilities, as you mentioned, um, we all know that we are like with, with uh, soccer and Scotia and everything. I noticed that uh, some Teams in the CPL are kind of like training, they have because they're bigger um, cities uh, like football cities. And for us, like, if you have one, like, they tell you, Steven, you know what, we're going to give you a project just to create, like, kind of like a select team, just to keep that the guys of the squad off the season, just like training some sort of just like playing exhibition matches. Um, do you think that 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 will benefit for them? Because um, we we had like players on the daily basis, and yeah, we we call it like everybody miss football. And in Canada, that that CPL is, is is a short season. Even in the longer in twenty nineteen, it, w- it was a short season compared to other bigger leagues that are more established. And budget is a big part of this. But sometimes like you can get creative to get your players, you know, getting training. Is there um? Any sort of uh wish that you would like to have?
3: Um, well, to, you know, to, yeah, to? I think I understand the question. Um mm. well, well first to begin, we can't we can't legally and officially get together before March first. Of course. Right? That's a CPL regulation. Mm-hmm. However, we all know that clubs are doing it. Yeah. You know? And and it is what it is. If if players are living within twenty minute drive, fifty minute drive, they're gonna get together somehow. But to answer your question, it would be nice to be in a situation to to supervise uh, the off season of the players. Mm-hmm. So not not for me to be there every single day or whatever, because their off season is their off season. But it would be nice to be to be able to to maybe do some individual training um uh, do uh, monitor their, their their strength program um you know things like things like that be able to have a couple of of one on one meetings with them sit down you know you know get get to know a little bit more about them not just on a a footballing level but more on a, a personal level which is which is something i like i like to do it's it's more than just about they're not they're not Mm-hmm. They have the life like, like everybody else, you know, they have families, they have girlfriends, you know, they, you know, they have, they have life. So mm-hmm. it would be, it would be nice uh, if, if you could have that situation. And, and, and eventually it would be nice if we, if we had like uh, our own training facility with a player's lounge and a big screen TV and we could get mm-hmm. together and, you know, uh, just um, yeah. Be, let be part and parcel of, of, of the club.
1: For sure. And one last one before I pass it to Anthony. Um, you have a pretty standing re- uh, res- uh, resume. Like for all the teams that you coach, you started with, with KLD. Then you moved to that Canada, U17. Then you coach a female uh, national team. And then you, you start moving to the Canada Tours and kind of like the wonders were, was was your, your club. Um, we all know that when you have a national team, you have a few days to prepare, or if there's a camp preparing to a tournament, you have them a few days, you, 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 your, your working method is different because you have the players in such a little time for qualifiers, etc. When you came to the Wonders, uh, what was, besides this, what was the biggest challenge that, 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 that you experienced from being that Stephen Hart, the manager of the national team, of now being like uh, a Wonders manager?
3: Uh, well, most of the, most of the times in the situations I was in, you know, um, with with the youth players, it was different and you're right. We would just have camps and all that and they'll disappear. So the management was a lot different because you'd only be managing them for 14 days or, or three weeks in a camp or a gold cup or something like that. But I mean, when you, when you come to a club, there's, there's day-to-day management there's day-to-day management of players there's day-to-day management of, of staff so there's there's that aspect of it and then of course you you also have to to you're you're in a situation where you are teaching a lot of players as to how to be professional not just in their daily lifestyle of being a footballer but in respect to the community and um i i think the biggest change from and, and i saw it come in and i tried to educate myself on it because i anticipated it the biggest change was social media and having to deal with that situation because dealing with the press before was not that not that difficult um yeah you had the press and and all of that but but now you have people hiding behind being anonymous and And it, it you know it could be very rough on players they they make a mistake and and these people you know are are dung on them and then they have a good game and and then they 're the greatest thing and I always tell the players, you know do not believe what you are reading right you 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 cannot be too keep your feet on the ground, cannot be too swell headed if you just have a good game you know and of course. Because the same people that are praising you now are going to be kicking you to the ground the next Saturday. Right. Are, yeah. So 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 be very, very careful with, with, with social media and social media activity and 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 I mean, you know, that 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 for me is 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 the biggest the the the, the, the biggest change because everybody now has a platform. Before the only platform you used to have was in the stadium. You could yeah. scream, you know, Stephen Hart, you're a bum, or whatever, you know, or to the players or whatever, you know, and then they go home and it's over. Right? Now it's, it's never over. Always- now it's never over. It's every single minute. And if you get caught up in the reading all that crap, you know, you're going to be in some serious trouble. You're going to be in some serious trouble.
1: Definitely, like there's a saying uh, we say in Spanish, and it says that everybody's a general after the battle. You know, it's it's easy easy to say, you know, like after the battle, yeah, like you did. If if you win, yeah, like amazing. But if you lose, you know, it's it's and this is a problem. Social media, especially with this little thing right here, that everybody's empowered, you have it access easily. And
0: yeah, uh, the the last question for me. um, Obviously, you had like a big turnover in players. Um, How important were the the seven that you seven players I think it was that stayed over from last year's squad. How important were they in integrating the the new players into your philosophy and the, the Wanderers culture? And the second part then is Jimmy Brennan's going to have to go through the same thing because York have bought forty seven new players. What advice would you give him?
3: <laughs> well, we, we talk we talk regularly. As as a matter of fact, all the coaches, you know, we we, we, we sort of talk. Almost daily, really. Um, we we are we are very supportive of each other off the pitch, and uh, we compete on it um, because we are well aware of our 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 mission with this league, and and what we are actually trying to do, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean the 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 seven players, they, you know they they sort of 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 help the players along, tell them you know expectations they know from i mean the players knew coming in from the very beginning that the only thing i ask of players is that you is that you train in such a way that you intend to play so if you train like shit you're going to play like shit right and um you know it's it was very they they, they i think they <laughs> The seven players told them how demanding it was going to be, I mean because the the first group that I had I actually had some players come to me and tell me that I trained too hard, which i've never had in my life what i've never had that in my life so that's, that's to tell you the tell level of 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 professionalism you know and um and, and 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 i'm thinking we're training once a day um only three times a day uh three times a week do we go twice a day. Um, and you think that's too hard when you have Olympic athletes trained in six and seven hours a, a day, you know, but um, yeah, it w- it was very important that those players were there for the stability of the club um, and, and to show the, uh, the, the sort of leadership necessary. You, you don't, as I tell them, you don't have to be named a captain to show leadership. I've, I've, I've I've played with guys that weren't the captain, but when they talk in the dressing room, every single person listened. When they talk on the field, everybody listened. You know? And um yeah, it 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 was important. And and our objective this year is to get back as many players as we had uh from the season that just ended, and to strengthen the squad, uh to build on the squad, you know, from from that. Uh, with that group exciting times ahead uh far away chris
2: so one of the constants from the guys that i've talked to after the season's over and carlos and anthony can probably attest to this is that masut was a big part of the guys take the guys taking that next step this season i guess talk about your relationship with him when did it start and working with him on a day-to-day basis at a club level how important was he to the guy's success i've known
3: him for a long time i coached him you know, so I've known him for a long time. So, you know, um, I, I think we might we might have even played together uh, somewhere along the line, and you know, I was on my way out maybe. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I've I've known him for a, a very long time. Um, she is very calm. Um, you know, in 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 his approach, somewhat sometimes a little bit different than than me. Um, you know, uh, because, uh, of, of course it's part of the learning process for him as well to, to know how, how to be, how to be demanding of the, of the standards that are, that are necessary sometimes, you know? Um, so he was, he was a big help. It was, uh, it was good, good relationship because, uh, you know when once I got more comfortable and and he was he was handling more and more of it it was was a good relationship uh working with the players and of course he could he could still he could still go out and and do a bit and uh, that that allowed us to have um, a situation where we were <clears throat> almost always end in with the eled side uh, games when we were allowed um that that was a good part of it um so yeah, he, he was he was a, a big part of it, and of course we had we had Jan in the in the later <clears throat> in the later uh, part, um, you know. And he has a he's not just a goalkeeping coach; he's got a very good understanding of the game, you know. He has a good eye, which which is which is a help if I you know. And uh, he's he's going to be, and he was uh, a big part of it. And uh, then the other part of the staff, Dan was fantastic with the physical training, the monitoring, the everything that is necessary. And Danielle kept everybody healthy. She works. I mean, you would not believe. You know. Um, so yeah, it was it was really a, a great staff, good good energy at the club, good vibe. And uh, if we if we if we thought or we even saw anything that was might disrupt, we, we dealt with it right away, you know. We dealt with it right away.
1: Uh, well, last one. Steven, let's pretend that Darren Martin tells you, I want to be the Roman Abramovic or the Florentino Pers of the Canadian Premier League. I have the budget. Choose three players of the Canadian <laughs> Premier League that we can sign in 2021. Only three. Which one would you pick? From where am I signing them? From the CPL, from the Canadian Premier League. So they're for other teams? They're playing for NTS. Yeah, they can stay there. I have my players. <laughs> there you go. Love it, love it, he love it. He Love it, love it too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just before we let you go, uh, Denton, Denton the flag-waving pirate guy, he had a question for you. Um, so they just announced the U Sports draft is going to be in January. Is it gonna be difficult to make selections based on footage in a cancelled year? And how will you do uh, how do you do things
3: differently this time? Uh, I have my eyes on a couple of players uh, from last year. And uh, the 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 problem's gonna be that we will more than likely be picking seventh. <laughs> wow. So you know it's, a bit it's different it's, Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be really tricky because the the, the the last the last time around you know i i knew i knew right away who i wanted we were we were at uh, we were we were picking first we were picking first um the coaches we were all at the at the tournament and everybody was was oh we like this player we like that player and i was like yeah but to myself you know we had already signed them so i was laughing and um, <laughs> And 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 really, we knew we, we you know we knew what we wanted. Now this time around, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be really tricky. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's you know nobody's played. We don't know what kind of form people are in. It's going to be tricky. Is that but, as I said, we're 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 choosing seventh, right? So, you know, I, I know who we want, um, but chances are. That, that won't happen for us.
0: Keep those, two, keep those cards very close to your chest, my friend. As usual. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for giving us so much time. It's been, it's been great. Um, we look forward to what's going to happen in 2021. Um, hopefully, we get to have a proper season. We can see you back at the Wanderers' Grounds. Um, have a great Christmas,
3: um, and we'll talk to, you, talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank I, I really hope that we can, we can be at this stadium. Um when I drive by there and I see that place empty, it gives me the shivers. You yeah. know. So let's hope we could we could all be at the stadium. Thanks for having me. Thanks for continual, you know, support. Have a great Christmas. Right? Don't overdo it. <laughs> it's, too too. Me, to <laughs> it's too late for me to be honest. It's too late for me. I'm telling
0: you, man. Christmas is rough. Is. So uh thanks Abel. And come on, you wanderers.
1: Come well, on, you take want to go to the chair. Hi Cheers, Cheers. He's a gaffer. You can't try it up with him. He's a gaffer. Even when he's on a limb. He's a gaffer. When his back's against the wall has the answer to it
0: all. He's a gaffer. You've been listening to the Down the Pole podcast. Recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepope.ta to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers.